Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Wednesday, September 11th, week two in the NFL, episode 118. I'm your host, Jordan Pace. Join with me, as always, by Zach Henson. Zach, how's it going? What if I told you that the draft guru in our league would trade away his second-round pick, his favorite player, for a can of air from San Francisco, and that Jordan Iwanizen would be in first place in our league, and that Jeff and Rob would be in next to last place in our league, next on 30 for 30 ESPN. The greatest story ever told. Yes. I thought you were – I thought you were about to make a, a play on 9-11 because today's September 11th, and I was like, Gosh. this is about to get dark. <laughs> wow, no. Yeah, I thought about doing some league news, and I thought, Zach, so this, this being our first episode following a game week, uh, we're going back in the routine of doing uh, you know, the previous week of recap and the following week, and I, I don't know. I, I think doing the around-the-league stuff, to me, I don't know. Maybe we scrap it. I think maybe it wastes time. There's there are no stories in the NFL. Yeah, there are no stories in the NFL that the people in our league that listen to this podcast don't already know about. It's just a waste of time. Very true. Everybody knows for sure what's going on right now. Yeah, I mean the biggest story in the NFL, Antonio Brown. There's no point in even talking about it. I personally just don't think this guy is going to play that much for the Patriots. Um, so I, if we try to do a, a timeline of all of the events that have happened in the last seven days since we last recorded. With AB, I mean, it would take an entire episode. Uh, yeah. Needless to say, he's no longer on Kemp's crew. I think he's on uh, Dragon Energy, right? Yes. So we'll probably talk about that at some point, and it might get brought up. Uh, but, yeah, the biggest story in the NFL right now, AB and Jake burned a second-round pick. And I just – I know, Zach, right now you were wishing you had a redo or you had – we had Jake back on for one more episode. So that back and forth from last week, that tennis match could keep going. Oh, yeah, that was good. I just got to say that, you know, we were shooting a wedding when this all took place. And so I could not keep up with the texts that I was getting, the notifications on my phone. And then all of a sudden I'm seeing these trades go through in our league. All the while, this couple's getting married. Um, so <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was just – I told the videographer about it. He was like, you know, he could not believe it. So it was just, that was crazy. That was just quite the whirlwind on uh, Saturday. Yeah, I mean, to the theme of today's episode, 9-11, that Saturday, a day which will live in infamy for AB and all of his uh, fantasy owners. So uh, we, will, we will move on. Uh, no trip around the league because I, I think it'll be best if we just, if anything big comes up, injuries, um, player transactions, that sort of thing, we'll talk about it during the matchups when we are picks of the week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so when we hit the trip around the league bumper, it's for the CMB league. Yeah, so let's take a trip around our league and take a trip around CMB. Let's take a trip around the league. All right, Zach, let's recap week one. I can't believe football. I mean, it's, it's felt back for a while, but like in June and July when we say things like football is back, I mean, we're just saying that to like, keep people excited and keep people paying attention football is actually back we had our first full week of games the thursday night game kicked everything off with the bears and packers what a stinker that was man that thursday night game really boring we talked to i I went back and listened to some of our picks of the week last week and you i know h and f you guys were having a hard time making a decision at tight end 
and you opt out of starting Jimmy Graham. Are you regretting that after uh, seeing how he went? I think he had a touchdown. Yeah, we just uh, we actually decided to start Jimmy Graham. It's just that neither one of us put him in the starting lineup, and uh, so we missed out on it. <laughs> I think I've done that before. It's like it's it's too late at that point. Five minutes into kickoff, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, we were taking pictures, and I told Brian, I was like, "Yeah, just go for it. You know, change it." And um, we were in a spot with no signal, so it uh, it didn't happen. But that's all right. We got him in the starting lineup this week. We will certainly talk about some of the matchups around the NFL, but definitely around our matchups in CMB for week one. Zach, do you have our all-pro team for the first week, the first all-pro team of the season? Yes, I do. At quarterback, uh, we have Lamar Jackson, 41.80 points. Notable mention, Dak Prescott had 41.45. And so wide receiver, Sammy Watkins, 46.80 on Jordan Iwanison's team. Uh, what next wide receiver was John Ross, 36.05, who was picked up by your worst nightmare. Top running backs, McCaffrey, 49 or 42.90 HNF. Uh, Eckler, Pace, 40.65 points. You had to be happy with that. Uh, your top tight end was Evan Ingram, 28.60 with strong side. And your best flex player was Deshaun Jackson, 35.40 with Jake. Top kicker, Goskowski. I feel like I say him all the time. I mean, it feels like it's always him. 17.25, IDP still suck. Your top DSTs, San Francisco and Tennessee. Pace, you have Tennessee, 30 uh, points. Your top IDPs, Corey Littleton, 26.50 with Greg. CJ Mosley with Risher, he has 20.75. Logan Ryan, who is a free agent, 20.50. And your top two DBs are Tracy Walker, uh, who he just picked up, 19.25 points. And Richard Sherman, 18.75, who is a free agent, bringing your total to 425.20. Not bad for week one. Yeah, there's some big numbers there. A lot of 40s and, you know, so uh, that was a pretty good week, I'd say. So the the biggest performer of the week was Sammy Watkins for Isaiah 4031. Of course, the guy that I rode with all last season, I I had Sammy Watkins in my lineup most weeks last year. Uh, when this when this guy's been healthy in his career, I mean, he really has produced. Uh, you know, he's had a huge bump up since he's been in Kansas City, of course. But even those years in Buffalo, I mean, he missed most of the time he was there. But when this guy can play, I mean, he gets out in open space and he makes plays. I mean, his first touchdown was like a slant across the middle of the field that he turned up and, and scored on like a 60-yard touchdown. Sammy Watkins is just dangerous. I hated that I had to play him uh, in week one against Jordan. Um, Jordan, I want us, and we'll talk about him later. Credit where credit is due. He had the biggest week by far. Uh, two teams finished over 200 points, and of course, it was uh, myself and Jordan. So, the I, I scored the second highest points in the league, and, and I ended up losing still. But uh, really good start for Jordan. I want us, and what do you think of um, of his team? And were you surprised, I guess, by the week one outing for him? Absolutely. I mean, you're always surprised. It's fantasy football, you know. I mean. Everybody thinks they've got it down and regurgitates what they hear from all these experts and stuff, but nobody knows, you know, I mean, um, so yeah, Jordan, both of you guys had great weeks. It's just a shame you guys played each other, but that's fantasy football for you. I think we talked about how bad the Dolphins were going to be, but I don't think anyone realized it would be, I think at one point it was 42 to zero and no one, I, I don't think realized how bad Miami would be this year, but uh, I, I'm not even sure. Maybe H&F, maybe you guys did realize how fast Lamar Jackson would pick things up. But, I mean, he's your QB1 after, after one week, and 
just uh, I don't know. I think he he threw the ball much better than people envisioned he would. But the guy, I mean, he just he runs the ball so much. Um, in this game, though, I, we didn't see that. He really made his points in the air. Um, did that, I guess, did that make you guys feel better knowing you waited so long to get this guy and didn't, you know, didn't take one of those guys early, one of those quarterbacks early in the draft. Yeah, we got him in round eleven, and um, I mean, his throws looked good. It, I mean, obviously, mine was terrible, um, but it was odd not to see any rushing from him, you know. But I mean, I guess when Miami just doesn't care, you can just throw it. So anybody playing Miami, uh, fire him up in your fantasy leagues. All right, Zach, let's look at the standings. Those are some of the the, the standout players from Week One. And we'll certainly talk about a few more here later. But looking at the standings after the first week, like I said, we, we talked about Jordan Iwanis, and he's there in first place. Those points for, he's at 1-0, 208 points in week one. I mean, just, you know, a huge day for him. Um, and then next we have IDP Still Suck, who they are 18 points back in points for. So that's just how big of a week Jordan had. Uh, H&F, you guys are in third, followed by Kemp's crew, then East Coast Wombats, the West Coast Wombats, Greg, and then myself, and then all those teams, uh, 9 through 14. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point. But, man, the delta between the first-place team and the last-place team, Almond Brothers. Almond Brothers put up 138 points in week one, uh, so I'm sure they're going to have to make some, some big adjustments. What did you notice, I mean, just looking at, at the Almond Brothers, where did things go wrong for those guys in week one, in your opinion? Yeah, I talked to uh, to Blake about that, and I can't remember what he said. He, I think he said James, James decided to draft a bunch of uh, Cleveland players or something. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, Cleveland didn't have a great week, obviously, but I think they'll bounce back. They'll be fun. This is such a classic James Lane team, the more I look at it. I mean, he has all the Browns players like you mentioned. He's got Baker, Jarvis Landry, and Nick Chubb. He, <laughs> he has Delaney Walker. Greg Olson, Noah Fant, and Jason Witten. So four tight ends. Uh, Danny Amendola, of course. I mean, that's just, you know, by nature for James at this point. And then I think he has, yeah, he's three IDPs on his bench. So, I don't know, it's just such a classic James team with all the familiar faces like Amendola and all the tight ends. But, like, we always talk about, I mean, James is the tight end whisperer. So I, I, uh, I trust, I fully trust that team with that tight end group. I mean, Delaney Walker – two touchdowns in his first game in full calendar year. Yeah. Yeah. I think they will be fun. So um, we'll move on there from the standings. We'll go into our league pick em standings. Zach, I mean, huge week for, for uh, H and F you guys are in second or actually in third in the league. And then Zach, you finished first in the league pick em. Um I think I've asked you this before, but do you basically the picks that you make on this podcast, is that what your picks are generally for league pick em? Oh yeah, yeah. That um, and when I'm picking them, I am picking them as you hear it. <laughs> okay, me too. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's it. I noticed, um, you know, last week we were going through, and that was just I just couldn't make a decision on a couple of those. But that's just because I was making it right there. You know. Yep. Same here. Um, so yeah. So after one week, Zach, of course, you're in first place. Uh, we did see a lot of inactivity from the same guys who rarely participate, the Jacob and Brian Franklins of the world. But uh, I'm sure people pick things up. But, uh, yeah, I, you know, Lee Pickham, guys. I mean, it's it's more important now than ever. Yeah, we had 14 people uh, participate, I believe. Um, I think that's how many picks were locked in this past week. So that was good. 
and uh, we like to see all the you know the participation. So that was fun. Zach, we always make our picks of the week. Last week, we you know went back and listened to some of the stuff we talked about from the week one matchups. And you and I both, obviously, I mean, I was four and three, so not that great, but you were five and two. So we both had winning percentages for our week one picks. Uh, but looking back at some of the comments we made, we had Jake of Kemp's crew on to, uh, to do his draft recap. And when we asked him about his week one matchup with Kevin White, he had – uh, this to say about his matchup with Kevin, and he kind of sounded like Bill Belichick. I mean, I just think I'm just going to destroy him. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you look at the, I mean, just look at the projection. I mean, come on. I mean, this is this is like uh, Patriots going up against the Bills here. I mean, this this is just going to be a slaughter. So, based on what Jake said, you know, he says I'm going to smoke him. It's going to be a slaughter. And then Jake ends up winning by 4.4 points. So safe to say he took an L on that bull prediction? Yeah, that definitely wasn't a, a slaughter or him smoking him for sure. Yeah, so uh, Jake sneaks out with a win in week one. Uh, let's look at – so I, I said you – know, I picked myself as a lock in week one, pace in your face. I don't believe I made a bull prediction, but obviously I took an L. And then, Zach, you um, picked yourself to win and won that one, of course. Do you remember making a bold prediction last week? I don't think we made bold predictions last week. Well, we are definitely going to do that this week, and I I enjoy the going back and looking at what we did the week before because, like we said, some surprising uh, performances in week one. Yep, that's for sure. All right, Zach, let's move on. Week six preview, and this was the first week, really, of the fab. Week two preview? Week two preview. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm already, I'm already lost. Yeah. The week two preview. I think I, did I say week six? Yeah. Week six. We're already there. Week six. Uh, so in week two, uh, the fab recap, we, this is the first week of people spending fab bucks. Although we, we did talk about how in the preseason, someone had already spent some, some dollars uh, on some guys. They didn't really have to spend any money on, but um, you know, you have a hundred dollars, so you might as well spend it. Um, but week two fab recap. So the biggest name we talked about, he was one of the guys on the all pro list. It's uh, fourth year, I believe. No, no, third year receiver, John Ross of the Cincinnati Bengals. This guy's been injured most of his career. And when he's played, he's just, I think he's put up only like a touchdown or two prior to the season. Uh, the guy went off in week one against the Seahawks, a really surprising breakout performance, but he was the big dollar name this week. He went for $21 to your worst nightmare. So Kevin gets – he's the highest bidder. Uh, IDP's bid $11, so a $10 difference there. Big Orange Bully spent 8 I spent 6 and East Coast bid 2 So uh, John Ross, the base name, 21 bucks to Kevin. And, you know, I, I don't mind that pickup for Kevin. I think he, he must have seen something in week one. I, I don't like to trust big breakout performances after just week one. Um, especially in a game like that, but uh, we'll see. I, I don't know if if he can even crack Kevin's starting lineup, but just based on who he has. Yeah, remember last year Kevin spent forty one or forty two on Philip Lindsay, and we were all like, "What?" You know, and then he turned out to be really good. So maybe maybe Kevin's onto something. Yeah, we'll see. Again, I keep saying this about Kevin, but the guy makes some uh, some like we talk about bold predictions. He makes some bold transactions sometimes, and I mean it paid off for him last year. He he risked it and and ended up in second place in the league. So, uh, you know, I, I'm gonna keep trusting him on that stuff. But he's already down to sixty eight dollars in the waiver budget. Wow, by far the lowest uh, remaining budget in the league. 
Um, the next one here, I picked. I actually picked up Tennessee's defense after week one. I knew they were going to be good. I didn't know they were going to be that good. Uh, huge performance against Baker and the Browns. I spent six dollars. The next highest bidder was Chase with three bucks. So not not a bad way to to spend six dollars. I hate spending money on on a position that you can stream, but I, I don't know. I think this Tennessee defense is legit. What do you think about you know the Titans in Week One and how they looked on defense? Yeah, they look great. You know, so uh, hopefully they can keep it going. And yeah, I don't. I wouldn't feel bad about winning for three dollars more. That's not bad at all. Yeah, I mean, they had five sacks, three interceptions of Baker. One was a pick six. I mean, they just – they swarmed the ball in pretty much every play. And it, it was definitely a matchup with all the star power that the Browns have. The Titans could have easily given up 50 points. Yep. And they, they held the Browns to 13 points. So, who knows what to expect with them week to week. But I think the defense is going to be the strong point of the Titans this year. Next one here was rookie Terry McLaurin, receiver for the Washington Redskins. Zach, before this week, when you saw his breakout performance, had you heard of Terry McLaurin before? I had, and I was surprised that he was in free agency. I thought he got drafted for some reason, but I could be just – obviously, I was mistaken. Well, and I think, you know, he's the guy who really has been able to to supplant, you know, Josh Doxson, who's been a huge bust, the first-round receiver from 2016, I believe. Um, so – you know, this is, this is the new face in Washington. Uh, but Terry McLaurin goes for $10 to Greg Coe, who outbids Kim's crew at seven bucks, West coast at seven bucks, IDPs at six and Tecmo at five. So for Greg, I mean, $10, not a, not a big price to pay for a guy who has a lot of upside heading into the rest of the year. Do you like, I mean, Case Keenum, I think maybe H and F, I think you guys might've had Keenum in the past. Is this, is this a, you know, an offense that if you have a, a rookie receiver with some upside, you, you can maybe make the case to start him week to week? I mean, they looked good this past week. I'd like to see it again. But, you know, they, I mean, he definitely put up some points for sure. I don't think Greg really needs this guy, to be honest with you, looking at his roster. I mean, he's got Mike Evans and Brandon Cooks in his starting lineup. His flex, maybe. He's got Matt Breida as his flex player right now. But as we saw, Tevin Coleman is out for – you know, a significant amount of time, what it looks like with his injury this past week. So Brita becomes the number one back in San Francisco again. So I don't know, uh, based on the injuries from this past week, it looks like Greg's roster has improved already as he sits there in seventh place. Um, the next one here was AJ Brown went for $15 to West coast. And I, I knew that was going to happen. I don't even think I bid on, on AJ Brown. Cause I, I just knew someone in our league, a lot of Titans fans, would, would chomp at the bit at AJ. What did you think of his three catch hundred yard performance in week one? Yeah, he looks good out there, you know, route running and stuff. Um, and I thought he would go for around 12. Um, I saw Matt and he asked me, he's like, what do you think AJ goes for? And I said, I thought 12. And uh, so he said him and Courtney had a conversation and they went back and forth and they just stuck on 15 um, but you know what's really noticeable about this is that the Almond Brothers bid. Right. They, they were m mainly inactive on the uh, Fab last year until like the very end of the season when we really started talking about it. So Almond Brothers are here to play. Watch out. They may have spent $10 all last year, and it was so bad that I think I remember making a comment like, Zach, during the offseason, you need to do like a TED Talk for Fab and, and explain how this whole thing works because some people just weren't spending a lot of dollars. So yeah. Good to see James and Blake um, spending early. Well, trying to at least. So this and, and West Coast as well. They didn't spend a ton last year either. I just looked. They were probably in the top five with money left on the table. So uh, 
we got some people making some moves this year. Making money moves. Clearly, Matt Collins listened to you because you said $12. They bid and won A.J. Brown at 15 Next highest bidder was Allman at 5 So they overspend for A.J. But to be honest with you, I'm surprised A.J. Brown didn't get drafted in our league. Yeah, yeah. Kevin, Kevin took Adam Humphreys late, and I kind of thought maybe A.J. Brown would go ahead of Humphreys. Mm-hmm. I just, I don't know, the Titans receivers, I think they all could be steady to average receivers throughout the year, but you're never going to have – Delaney Walker is the only consistent fantasy threat through the air in that offense. He's always He always has been. He always will be as long as he's there. Mm-hmm. I just, I think each week, like – this past week it was A.J. Brown. Next week it's going to be Humphreys. The week after that it'll probably be Corey Davis. It's never going to be the same receiver week to week. Yeah. Um, the next one here, Zach, and I just kind of brought this up mostly for nostalgia, but Darren Sproles somehow went undrafted in our league. Um, just a tried-and-true fantasy player. Probably has had fantasy value since 2006 <laughs> when he shared that backfield with with LaDainian Tomlinson in, uh, in, I guess, San Diego. Weird to call them that now, but – uh, Darren Sproles goes for $5 to Greg Co. Big Orange Bullies bid four, and Your Worst Nightmare bid three. So Darren Sproles, fantasy relevant again. Yep, here he is. All right, Zach, that was our week two uh, fab recap um, from the previous week. And, um, you know, there were a lot of injuries in week one. We saw, you know, Tyree Kill went down. He's out for probably a month or so. Uh, Nick Foles, unfortunately, breaks his collarbone in the first, like, five minutes of uh, that game. I went to the Titans-Browns game. I was in Cleveland, and I'm I'm trying to – I try to not look at my phone during games except for during, like, quarter breaks. And what was cool about the Browns stadium, a big upgrade over – the Titans stadium doesn't – they don't really do a great job at Nissan of showing fantasy uh, stats from around the league. Whereas Cleveland had like a giant board that was just dedicated to fantasy stuff, so I was able to see that. And yeah, that's cool. Uh, they showed the uh, the the Nick Foles collarbone hit, and you know, a part of you winces, and the other part's like, well, the Jags are done, you know. Yeah. Um. So that was uh that was the two main injuries happened in the same game, and we talked about Tevin Coleman and everyone else. So uh, kind of a light week uh, for injuries, fortunately, around the league. Uh, but here were Zach, here were the non-compete fab. I just realized we had these two here. So both of these are Patriots players, and both of these are in the wake of just that massive blowout between uh, the Patriots and Steelers. I mean, New England just ran all over Pittsburgh. So Philip Dorsett, who now with A.B. in the fold in New England, Philip Dorsett becomes like the fourth string receiver in New England. Kevin bids $11, and he's the only bidder for Dorsett. I just, I'm a little, I'm kind of scratching my head about that one, especially knowing that Kevin, you know, spent money on Dorsett after AB signed with the Patriots. So maybe Kevin has some like insider trading and he knows something we don't. Yeah, who knows? Uh, The other Patriots player was Rex Burkhead, who is like the third or fourth uh, running back in New England. He goes to Big Orange Bullies for $5. And man, I can't wait to have uh, Chase and or Carver on next or soon as one of our special guests so we can ask them, you know, who's pulling the strings? You know, we know Carver ran most of the draft, but who's making the day-to-day moves? I'm always curious when these, these teams that share managers. Yeah. Um, speaking of big, big uh-huh. ones, bullies, and I wanted to wait to do this at the end, but uh, big news in our league, we had talked last week about, you know, we knew that Chase is uh, Chase God's wife, Chase of, of big orange bullies. She was expecting and I believe we recorded this podcast like 
Thursday night or Wednesday night of last week. And it was like, I think literally within hours of us recording, uh, Chase's wife, uh, Lauren Gaw, um, gives birth to their first child. So pretty cool stuff for someone in our league. Yeah. Congratulations to them. And, uh, it'll be interesting to see who is in control of the team now. Could be, I think it might be Carver. Yeah. And I just, I'm looking now and Chase's wife posted today. They're, they're a little boy. Uh, I'm trying to get the name here. One week old today. He's seven pounds, 10 ounces and, uh, was discharged on Sunday, I believe. Uh, his name's Grady Gaw. So uh, congrats to the Gaws. That's, that's a cool um, cool thing for them. Yep, congrats. All right, we will move on here. And uh, those were the fab uh, bucks that were spent. And um, Zach, like I said, we're going to keep this kind of crispy and keep it tight. But let's move on to our week two picks of the week. Picks of the week. Speaking of Big Orange Bullies, let's just go ahead and call their matchup first. Big Orange Bullies now in 11th place after one week goes up against Kevin, your worst nightmare, who's in ninth. Zach, this one, you know, I'm having a hard time with, with this matchup because we talked about Kevin's roster and the guy makes some questionable, um, you know, lineup moves week to week, but it, it tends to work out for him a, a lot of times. Who do you have in this matchup? Who, who do you have winning this one? Well, Kevin doesn't have a DB right now. Like, he's got one spot open. Do you see that on yours? Yes. Yep. So, uh, as of right now, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to give it to Chase and Carver. Um, I think Aaron Rodgers will have a good bounce back game. Tyler Boyd looks good. Um, David Johnson looks good. So, um, I do like – I mean, obviously, Mahomes. Did you see that replay of Mahomes missing Travis Kelsey in the end zone? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, he's got some – Josh Jacobs looks awesome, um, you know, for Kevin, but I'm going to give it to Carver and, and Chase. Yeah, I I wanted to go with Kevin on this one, and it has nothing to do with, with him not having a DB. I'm sure he'll pick one up before then, but I just – you know, I, I like a lot of the individual matchups for Big Orange Bullies better in this one. Keenan Allen got 10 targets in week one, 26 points, 123 yards he put up. So I, I just – Keenan Allen, man, I miss that guy being on my team so much. He's so good. I, he, he's got a really favorable matchup this week with Detroit. They gave up the third most fantasy points to receivers last week, and I just I see that happening again. That trend continues for uh, Detroit's secondary. So I think Keenan Allen could just eat this week. And then I think – I really think that – so Baltimore's defense is just insane this year. They're so good. I, at Baltimore, just in general, great team – their offense is dynamic with Lamar, as you know. Baltimore gave up the fewest fantasy points in week one to running backs, um, but I think that that needle moves back a little bit with David Johnson this week, who could have a big week. I think this is there's going to be a ton of points scored in that Arizona-Baltimore uh, matchup, so um, I'm, I'm going to go with Chase as well. All right. Next matchup here, this is Greg Coe in seventh place versus the 14th place, last place, Allman Brothers. I'm not really calling this a rivalry or anything, but um, old friends, Greg, James, and Blake. Uh, so in this matchup, Zach, who do you have winning in, uh, in this week two matchup here? I want to go with uh, the Almond brothers on this one. I think the, the Browns will have a big bounce back game, prom time, Monday night. Um, they got Delaney Walker. Does that make you feel good? You know, the, the tight end whisperer, James, with Delaney. Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to go with them. So, question in the Aaron Donald 
um, in their lineup over there. Didn't get any sacks, so 1.25, boom or bust with him, you know. Um, but uh, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Greg, with uh, Matt Breida now in that whole situation um, in San Francisco and uh, see if Mike Evans bounces back. But, yeah, I'm going to give it to, to James and Blake. I'm going to go with James and Blake as well um, for kind of similar reasons. I mean, I, I think you're right. I think Cleveland got smacked in the mouth by the Titans, and I think they want to bounce back in prime time against the Jets, who I think the Jets have a pretty stout defense. I started them week one, and they rewarded me there. But uh, I just think, I think the Browns have a big bounce back week and, and hopefully help people forget about week one. But I, just, I like other parts of James and Blake's lineup as well. I mean, Cortland Sutton in their flex spot, he, uh, he had a pretty big week one for, for Denver. I mean, with Joe Flacco, no one really knew what Flacco would look like uh, with Denver. But Cortland Sutton put up 19 points, 120 yards on seven receptions. Just The guy just needs to score a touchdown. And, yeah. um, you know, in a flex spot, 19 points at the receiver spot is, is not a bad place to be. Um, so I, I like James and Blake as well in this uh in this matchup and Delaney I mean that guy is going to score so many touchdowns this year uh maybe I'm a little biased in saying that but um you know again I, I'm with you on the Aaron Donald uh commentary I think I think Aaron Donald great player but he's so boomer bust in in fantasy as an IDP yep he is so uh I'm gonna go with uh with James and Blake as well and I think they um you know they come out of that pit and they move out of last place Next matchup, this one is IDP still sucks sitting in second place versus the Tecmo Power Runners that we're familiar with seeing them near the top, and they are in second to last place right now after a slow start in week one. Uh, I like this matchup for, for several reasons, but I'll let you pick this one first. Who do you got? I want to give it to IDPs. Uh, I like both of these teams a lot. I'm just not a believer in Robbie Anderson, uh, but, I mean, maybe something will change. We just had him last year, and it's like, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so I'm going to give it to IDPs. Yeah, I, I like IDPs as well in this one, um, only because – so Tecmo has – you know, if, if Lamar Jackson finishes the QB1 after one week, Deshaun Jackson's going to probably sneak his way into the, into the top one or two spot after, after two weeks. But uh, I actually don't like him this week against the Jags. Still a stout defense, even though the Jags are the Jags. Their defense is still great. Gave up the seventh fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Uh, last year or last week rather um Watson just got knocked out so many times in that Monday night game against uh, the Saints so I, who knows how healthy this guy can stay and if he can play all 16 games uh let alone finish this one on Sunday um I'm I'm with you though I the receiver spot is the absolutely the thinnest spot for Tecmo they're starting Curtis Samuel who is the number two receiver in uh Carolina not to mention Cam Newton looks like he's lost it. Like his his arm has not healed the way it probably should have. Yeah. Uh, and then Robbie Anderson as well. I mean, another boomer bust guy. So I like Jay and Jacob in this one. Yeah. Next matchup, this is Isaiah 4031. First place, Jordan Iwanison. Um Feels weird saying that. But uh, Jordan's going up against Matt and John of Strongside in 10th place. Um, Zach, this one is another, you know, good matchup here. If, if Jordan can fire off, if all these guys in his lineup from last week, pick it up in, in week two again, I mean, we might have a juggernaut on our hands in Isaiah 40, 31. Who do you have in this matchup? Does lightning strike twice? In the uh, state, you think? I think no. it could. It's not, it's not going to, it's not, it's strong side. They're going to win. 
Uh, they've got some great IDPs. And, um, yeah, I think they're going to win. Crowder, I mean, what in the world? 17 targets? I mean, what oh, was yeah. that? That's not, the, that's not the Jameson Crowder that uh, H&F yeah. is familiar yeah, with. That's not the Jameson Crowder that we uh, drafted the past two seasons. Give me a right. break. But, uh, yeah, anyways, I got a strong side winning. And uh, always interesting to see uh, Jordan with a defensive end, but it worked out for him with 10 points last week. So, who knows? <laughs> but I'm giving it to strong side. Yeah, I'm actually going to go Jordan this week. Just to be different from you, I love Sammy Watkins still. And who knows? I mean, he could have another huge week. Uh, biggest bump up in terms of own ownage or owner, ownership uh, percentage in Yahoo leagues. He's 96% owned where I, he's probably in the low eighties uh, for week one. Tyree kill is definitely not playing this week. So Sammy Watkins could just absolutely eat in the afternoon matchup with the Raiders. So I like that matchup a lot. And Le'Veon Bell, I mean, not a bad week, you know, he had 23 points in his first week or his first game in over two years. Uh, after sitting out all of last season. So I think Bell just keeps eating. Uh, and he's got Cleveland, who they gave up like the fifth most fantasy points to running backs last week. So um, I like Jordan actually in this week. I think he goes 2-0, and his best start probably ever in this league. Uh, not to mention Corey Davis. He started last week. Corey Davis finished with three targets, zero catches, so zero fantasy points. Uh, but like I said with this Titans offense, who knows what they're going to be week to week. Corey Davis could probably have 40 points and no one would be surprised in week two so i'm gonna pick jordan i wanted him this one yep. next matchup here uh zach this is your matchup this is hnf industries you guys are in third place versus dragon energy ryan risher sitting in 12th um zach i'm assuming this is your um your lock of the week or maybe you have some some other matchup for lock no of i'm gonna week. go back and pick a lock of the week here in a second but okay. uh, yeah who do you got winning this um do you, i mean so you have the top yeah, you had the top running back and the top quarterback on your roster in week one. I mean, McCaffrey, that was there was no other pick to be made at number three when you guys took him there after after Kamara went to um or maybe it was the other way around. But I just I, I knew that was like such an obvious pick to me. I knew McCaffrey was gonna go to H and F at some point, whether it was, you know, I think you guys picked at three, but um two. So McCaffrey, you know, great pick, the obvious pick there, and he's just already eating. I mean, the guy went went off and we were three. I can't remember. But I just, I like this matchup for you guys so much better than, than what Rich has right now. I mean, Chris Godwin, his quarterback is Jameis Winston. That's, that's about all that needs to be said there. Garbage time points are going to be about the only value that Godwin has this week, in my opinion. Um, you know, playing Carolina who really, really great matchup last week or, or great outing against uh, the Rams surprised a lot of people and almost beat the Rams last week. Uh, it was 30 to 27 there at the very end, but uh, I just like, I like you, your roster a lot better uh, this week. See, you guys are starting Jimmy Graham. Yep. Because of the target, I'm sure the target number from last year or for last week. Yep. So I'm going to go H and F. Appreciate it. I am also going to pick H and F, although we do have great respect for Dragon Energy and Mr. Uh, Risher has a good team. I'm hoping that uh, Joe Mixon decides that he needs to take uh, this week off and rest and that J.J. Watt decides that he's not going to come back with a vengeance and destroy Jacksonville's poor quarterback. All right, that is that matchup. We'll move on here. Pace in your face versus Kemp's crew. Zach, this is uh, the collusion matchup of the year, I'm sure, wow. in your yeah. opinion. Uh -huh. yep. We had Jake on last week, and I would bring him back on to offer his, uh, his thoughts on this matchup, um, but we'd probably get the same old, you know, boring whatever. 
Um, he is heavily favored. I'm looking at in Yahoo. We don't go off the Yahoo projections, but um, I, I mean, I don't know. It's, this is this is tough to pick myself. I'm going to pick myself, of course, um, but I don't know. I could see why anybody would want to pick against me this week. Who do you have in this one? Oh man, uh, yeah, I, I've got I've. Uh, well. I'm going to give it to Jake. He's going to have bounce back games from Lockett, Schuster. It's going to happen. Waller looks good. Deshaun Jackson looks good. It's going to happen. Uh, yeah, and part of me wants to make some type of bold prediction for this week. I just don't feel confident about a lot of the guys. Like, I think I have a pretty decent team. That's I felt really good after week one. It was a shame I had to play Jordan that week. Um, but, man, I'm looking at this one this week, and it's 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 tough for me to, to make a, a bold prediction for this team. Um. Hmm. Yeah, I. It's tough, man. I. I. I can see why anybody would pick Kemp's crew in this one. So I get why you're going with them. Zach, before we move on to this last matchup, I let's go back and and just look at the ones we've already picked. Do you have a lock of the week for the first six matchups that we we went over here? Yeah, I'm going to go with the lock of the week as the uh, Almond Brothers getting there and win. So uh, coming out of last place, I'm going to give it to the Almond Brothers getting the win. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. I, I know you're not going to like this, but I'm gonna, my, my lock of the week is going to be H&F Industries. I, I talked about your matchup and how favorable it is against Rish. So I like H&F, picking that as my lock of the week. And that's the bottom line because Stone Cold said so. All right, Zach, this last matchup here, uh, this is the last matchup. We, we don't really do – rivalries anymore i've noticed in our league we don't we used to have a rivalry week that was like week seven and it just kind of was random it was matchups that yahoo just randomly selected but this is the true rivalry of the week uh maybe the rivalry of the year and that is the two wombats west coast and east coast wombats it's time for the call of the week our next guest making their uh, you know, seasonal debut with the CMB Fantasy Football League podcast. It was a rough start uh, a couple of years back when we first started doing this podcast. Back when it was was just Ross Garrison. I think adding Reed to the mix made uh, a calmer Ross. And uh, we like Ross a lot better now that he's paired with his little brother. But we have on both Garrisons of ECW, the one and no ECW, Ross Reed. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for having me too. Yeah, guys, wanted to go over your draft real quick. I'm assuming did you guys listen to uh, last week's episode by chance? Uh, yeah, yeah, we um, we uh, appreciate uh, all the the good comments. Uh, I know that uh, the East Coast Wombats analytical department uh, works really hard uh, on uh, figuring out the right draft and uh, going about picking uh, the best possible team. And we feel we feel really good this year about uh, all the picks. Yeah, you guys were like this year's fantasy version of the Cleveland Browns. A lot of hype from different people in CMB. You guys had a really strong draft. And unlike the Browns, though, you guys actually lived up to the hype and, and won in week one. Um, so I wanted to ask you about that draft. What was the uh, what was the draft strategy for you guys? Was it to, to take the best receiver available in, in round one and round two? Because that's what fell in your lap. Um, really strong picks in the first two rounds. Well, I'll let um, I'll let the analytical department uh, talk about that. But I mean, we really, uh, honestly, we probably put about we started talking about it about four weeks ago, 
uh, five weeks ago uh, and just trying to really figure out what we were going to do. I know that I listened to a bunch of mock drafts. I know that Reed uh, listened to and did a lot more research than me, but uh, we did do a lot of work. Reed, what, what are you thinking? Uh, yeah, I just saw it in the uh, draft edition we had. We kind of looked at – we thought there was more reward going to uh, stud wide receivers and getting like a kind of a 1B running back right there. And we just felt like getting Michael, snatching Michael Thomas where we did was a steal and then also getting OBJ was a steal too. I think he'll end up getting the most targets for the Browns and, and his PPR. We really looked at him hard. And then, Ross, we've seen you – I think the last two years you've worn a Baker jersey to the draft. Are you guys – I can't speak for Reed, but Ross, are you a Cleveland Browns fan or are you a Baker fan? I'm a Baker Mayfield fan. Uh, I firmly believe that Baker will uh, win the uh, MVP this year. Uh, he's by far the best quarterback in the league. Uh, he just uh, had a poor start against, uh, uh, you know, pretty good Tennessee defense. I don't, I wouldn't think that they're, the, I don't think they're the best in the league by any means. I think Tennessee has a pretty sorry team, but um, no offense, Pace, but uh, I just think that the Browns. Uh, the Browns' offensive line has some pretty big issues, but uh, Baker will have a huge turnaround. Uh, he always has. Uh, he's probably the biggest and probably the best competitor in the league. Uh, so uh, it, it's not going to surprise me at all uh, when he holds that MVP trophy up at the, the uh, end of the season. So, how, so, Ross, how upsetting was it, though, when you hear James Lane call out Baker Mayfield round three, pick nine on uh, August 30th at our draft? Uh, it was pretty upsetting. I mean, we, um, I was targeting him. I don't think that our analytical department had uh, any uh, target on him, but I know that I was targeting him. So, uh, but it, it probably worked out. Uh, probably worked out best for us. Uh, we've got you know a solid quarterback, uh, big man. Didn't have didn't have a great performance against uh, New England, but uh, I know that he'll pick it up and uh, he'll be he'll be a solid quarterback for the rest of the year. But uh, a little upsetting that we didn't get Baker. But uh, this year we're 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 focused uh, on winning. Uh, we're focused on uh, uh, being a uh, elite team. Uh, we've had you know we've had many years of uh, people um, talking trash, uh, talking about how horrible we are, how we don't know what we're doing, uh, and all that good stuff. Um, so I think those years are those years are over. Um, you know we're kind of like the Browns of the league, uh, been made fun of. Uh, you know, worn, worn the paper bags over our heads, but now that we have a solid, a solid team, um, I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna be successful this year. Um, so we're excited. I think you're right. I mean, you guys had the biggest week in the CMB week one. You guys win by 41.9 points over the Allman brothers who we know had Baker uh, in that week one matchup with the Titans. Um, so I'll, I'll ask this to read the analytics department. I think you guys have drafted Leonard Fournette two out of the last three years, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in multiple seasons. What's the love affair with, with Fournette? I'm sure he's disappointed you in the past, but what makes you guys keep going back to the, the former LSU running back? Uh, with me, just for that, I've kind of always been fascinated by him ever since he was in high school. I just remember him watching his highlight videos at his high school, and they always called him the next Adrian Peterson. I've always just kind of liked him, but this uh, offseason, when they got Foles, I really thought that he was going to spread the offense out and have an actually good quarterback. And But now I'm kind of worried since Foles has gotten hurt, but that's one of the reasons I like for that. 
another guy, Reed, that's on, on ECW right now, the starting quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger, who just threw one of the worst games of, of week one, only 12 and a half points in week one. I don't know if that's a sign of things to come for, for Pittsburgh's offense. Do you guys have any consideration in, in benching Big Ben in favor of, uh, of the backup here, for Matt Stafford? Yeah, I was a little worried about this week. I kind of felt, felt like uh, it was going to be rough on that on. I don't think it feels like every time Roethlisberger and Mike Tomlin and them going to Gillette, it's horrible. But we felt like maybe uh, he could have done a little better, but hopefully he'll stick it out. But we like we also like our backup, too. We feel like Stafford's going to be okay. We I really like Stafford when he's at home in the uh, lines then, but I think we'll be okay right there. Ross, this next one, I, I got to just put the ball on the tee for you here because this rivalry with Matt Collins in particular with West Coast Wombats, I mean, this predates you merging with your brother Reed. I mean, this this is almost personal, this this rivalry between Ross and Matt. It's the old, like, youth group rivalry. It's the fantasy football. It's everything encapsulated into one. Um, this is the rivalry of the, of the year, in my opinion. East Coast versus West Coast versus Tupac. I mean, this is everything this league is. Um, so just give us your early take on what's looking like a heavily favored matchup for ECW against West Coast in week two. Yeah, I mean, obviously over the, over the years, uh, Matt has, I guess the year um, last year, Matt has uh, just acted like an idiot. Um, <laughs> doesn't know what uh, he's doing. Uh, I was really, I don't know, I was really confused this year. I think, I mean, I think uh, – I think Jake talked about it last week um, with just the draft. Uh, and, and before I say anything else, shout out to Kemp's crew. Um, uh, he's got a great team, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm grateful for his support this year. I, I've never experienced that, so uh, thanks, uh, thank, thank you for that. Uh, if, if you ever need anything, just let us know. We'll uh, we'll take care of you. But um, uh, but as far as West Coast, I mean. You know, everybody wasn't for sure about their draft, but then last week they win. I mean, I'm a little – it's a little uneasy. I, you know, I, I know that we're projected pretty heavily uh, in favor to win, but at the same time it's just like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we're going to pull out the win, um, but there always seems like something ridiculous happens and, and Matt somehow uh, gets – the blessing, I guess, from, from God and, and does well. Um, I, I really don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, we are favored very heavily. Um, I think we're going to, uh, I think our guys are going to perform well. Uh, and, you know, I, I feel good with the, the decisions that Reed makes for, uh, the team, uh, this week. So, you know, I think we're going to pull out a victory. Ross, we all saw the photos from like, I think it was maybe a year or two ago from what I, it looked like, like a Teens for Christ night where you were physically uh, approached, not assaulted, but approached and intimidated by no. uh, Courtney Norton. That was a year ago, last August. Okay, last August. Has that happened in the last year or are, are, uh, was there a season assist? No, I mean, I, was, I mean, there was no, uh, I mean, I was assaulted. I mean, that's all there is to it. Like those guys, uh, ganged up on me and like literally like tried to like beat me up and all that stuff i mean you know just just horrible people um horrible guys i mean uh so you know because of that i decided to move move and leave cookville move out of town um so i know i no longer reside in cookville uh don't live up there anymore i've gotten out of out of town because of uh just uh, how horrible 
uh, those guys are. I mean, just, you know, just trash. Wow. All right. Well, Ross Garrison, you heard it here first. He changed his residence because of West Coast Wombats. Uh, it's amazing to me. You, I, you guys are one and one all time in this rivalry. So whoever wins this one will have at least 365 days worth of being the, uh, having the winning percentage in this rivalry. Uh, last question here, and I'll hit this one off to, um, to Reed Garrison. Reed, I know you're a big Louisville fan, big Lamar Jackson fan. Uh, you're talking to Zach here, who Lamar is his starting quarterback. But I'm looking at your roster. You guys have Hollywood Brown and Mark Andrews, both that high-powered Ravens offense right now. You guys have any interest in throwing out a trade offer to H&F for Lamar Jackson? Just go ahead and round out that Ravens offense. I, I don't know. Lamar is my boy. He's one of my favorite players of all time. But I tell you, I love Mark Andrews, especially last week. He helped us a lot. And I really like his matchup this week versus the Cardinals. The uh, Cardinals last week gave up a ton of uh, receptions and uh, yards to the tight end for uh, Detroit. T.J. Hawkinson had, I think, like over 130 yards in a TD. So we like that matchup a lot this week. So I think we're going to keep, keep Mark this week. Zach, yeah. any, any interest, Zach? Yeah, how about we just trade Lamar Jackson for a couple players, just a couple bags of chips, and uh, we'll just hand them off to you. Maybe you can just ride them off. That sounds good. I mean, that's yeah. exactly what happened last year. I mean, yeah, let's just do something the like best, that. The best running back in the history of football, maybe, for uh, a couple of scrubs, Josh Gordon. I mean. And horrible, Dalvin Cook, who did, who did nothing, and now look at him. Give me a break. Yeah, I think I think H and F and ECW just needs to have like a trade freeze for maybe like a full calendar year, uh, just to get that trade from last year out of everyone that taste out of everyone's mouth. Thanks for bringing it. I up. like the taste. That was a great taste. <laughs> All right, hey, that was Ross and Reed Garrison of East Coast Wombats. Best of luck to you guys this week and your rivalry. Uh, we're gonna Zach and I are gonna try and stay unbiased, but man, this was probably your best podcast appearance. So I'm I'm leaning Whoa. East Coast. Hold up, hold up. Do y'all have anything that you're looking to improve on trade wise for the league? Any position? I mean, I think uh, we're always open to trades. Uh, uh, I mean, running backs. Anybody got any running backs they're interested in trading? Yeah, I'd say running back also. All right, you heard it here first. The uh, trade market is open for ECW. They're looking for a running back. Uh, best of luck, guys, like I said, in week two in your rivalry with West Coast. I think I think the sights are set high for uh, for East Coast. West Coast, this might be – I think this is Matt Collins' Super Bowl every year is the matchup with you all. So, yeah, I, I must say that I was talking to Matt today, and he brought this to my attention, which I was unaware that they were playing each other. And so – it's a it's a it's a big matchup, and they are both teams are are very aware of this. And Ross, I know you moved to McMinnville, but I I don't think uh, county boundaries. Uh, Courtney Norton knows no county boundaries. I think he could show up in your neck of the woods in Warren County. So be uh, be on the lookout. Appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for that advice. And uh, uh, one last thing uh, uh, before we uh, uh, get off here, I want to thank you guys for uh, uh, what you do. This podcast is great. Appreciate you doing that. And uh, uh, shout out to Kemp's crew. <laughs> All right, Jake, the check's in the mail. Ross Reed, thanks for coming on, you guys. Thanks a lot. All right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Rapid, rapid reaction. So, Zach, if I'm not mistaken, last year, oh. I'm pretty sure when they came on together, Ross did that little act. And instead of Jake, who was on the receiving end, of all the you know praise and thanks, it was H and F, right? Yeah. You well, that only means that Jake is going to make a trade with them, and it will just be terrible for Jake. So it'll, it'll derail both seasons. Yep. Good luck.
<laughs> All right, that was Ross and Reed. Um, man, I, I like them together. I think uh, the the two sets of brother teams we have, the Gauls and the Garrisons, I, I like both those teams. Um, so, Zach, let's pick this matchup. Uh, this is the, the, the Battle of the Wombats, East Coast versus West Coast. I, I've already said it. I like Ross and Reed's team probably better than my own team, probably better than any team in this league. I'm going East Coast Wombats in this matchup as um, as the winner. I picked you and Brian as my lock of the week. Um, and even though I'm picking East Coast, my bold prediction is going to be West Coast. Derrick Henry, who had that massive 75-yard screen for a touchdown last week, that play alone, I mean, had, you know, 14 points. But I think he goes over 30 points this week against the Colts, who gave up the second most running back points last week uh so 30 points for derrick henry is my bold prediction uh and i'm picking east coast zach what about this matchup for you we'll go with west coast um on this one and uh my bold prediction is going to be that Corey davis is going to get two touchdowns whoa there you go i like it all right well hopefully um for my personal sake for the titans that you're right on that prediction um we again we just had on ross and reed great guests uh our special guest of the week I've got some breaking news. Uh, it's really actually pretty sad. Cue up the uh, Amazing Grace bagpipes, please. Oh, no. Is this NFL-related or CMB-related? Uh, CMB and NFL, but um, your worst nightmare, Kevin, at oh, 9, no. 9.34, has uh, laid to rest. Kiko Alonzo. Wow. Yep. I'm just, I'm assuming Matt is going to find, Matt Suggs, our producer, is going to find a great way to tie all this together and play some some kind of sad sound, but. Oh, it's already going. I, bold prediction. Week six, Kevin is going to spend $20 to uh, bring back Kiko Alonzo to your worst nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Picked uh, up Anthony Harris, Minnesota safety, dropped Kiko. He's gone. That was worth mentioning as breaking news. That is breaking news. All right, so that was our week two episode, guys. We talked with Ross and Reed Garrison of East Coast Wombats, made our picks of the week, and recapped week two. Uh, guys, again, this is the 9-11 episode, episode 118. Best of luck to all the teams in week two, except for the teams Zach and I are playing, of course. And, um, guys, we'll talk to you next week. I mean, it's funny, man. It's so funny. Like, you you can doubt someone and you ain't even played the game yet. But, I mean, that's how what we do in this league. Um, we hype teams. We hype them. And, uh, I mean, that's the norm. And we didn't even circle this game. You know what I mean? We, this is just another game. We ain't worried about it. I'm going to tell you again, man. They were who we thought they were. Y'all can crown them if you want to crown them. <laughs> Still got to play football.